Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Stuckers, Josh here, as joined every week by my co-host, Chell. Say what's up, Chell. Howdy ho, Ranger Joe. We are back for another rousing episode of the Unstuck Institute podcast, and Chell is continuing to broadcast from the road. Chell, how are you and where are you? Oh, thank you, B&I, Josh. I am still in Croatia, literally in the exact same seat, in the exact same spot, with the exact same view behind me. But tomorrow we will be going to Italy. Ah, ah, so we recorded twice in the same place. How boring. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are here to talk about funnels. You may have heard us talking about building funnels over the last couple of years, especially just last week on Casual Friday. We talked about some ideas for my new funnel, for my new business, because I'm always starting a new business. <laughs> literally always. Literally like every six months, trying something new. Uh, <laughs> so we thought we would break down what a funnel is, because unless you've been taught it, you're just probably hearing it over and over again and hearing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a way that uh, people end up buying something from you, right? Yes. In, in very simple summation, yes, but we thought we'd go through it a little more. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with all the processes of a funnel, um, we'll go through it in general terms. And then we'll also talk about uh, funnels that we've built for our businesses um, as an example. And hopefully that will help you build your own because once you build a good funnel, a really working funnel, um, then you don't have to do much else, you know, until it doesn't work anymore and market shift and whatnot. Then you build a new funnel. But that's the beauty of funnels. Once it's built and once it's working, theoretically, business just keeps on happening, which is great. And what we all want, right? Who wants to chase their tails and, and try and figure out sales every single day? No one? No one raising their hand? I can tell you it fucking <laughs> sucks, guys. It does. And, and we are chasing our tails when building a funnel because we're experimenting a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but once we get the experiments down to successes, then we can stop chasing our tails at least a little bit. So there's three parts of the funnel. I thought we'd just go through them one by one. There's the top, the middle, and the bottom. Some people have different names for different things, but that's just how we'll classify them for simplicity on the podcast here. Uh, so Chell, can you tell us a little bit about the top of the funnel? Yeah. So this is awareness. This is where people find out about you. And whether you have a brick and mortar or a strictly online business, it's going to look really different, right? So like it can be from uh, like a quick Google search, like, oh, like computer repair shops near me. And like that can be potentially like how they're finding out about you. You might have an Instagram account. You might have your business on social media of some shape, sort, form, whether that be, again, Instagram, Facebook, wherevs. Um, or you have a brick and mortar and they're literally passing by your store and seeing it. So this is really building awareness around your brand. And that looks vastly different if you are like a 1970s style mom and pop shop that is just in one location, just in one place, and you're scared of the internet versus <laughs> you are 
uh, on the internet 24 seven all the time. And that is your business. So really building brand awareness, right? Like how, how are people seeing you and really taking that into account um, as you are just thinking about how you want to build this funnel. So that can be search engine marketing. And yes, Google is probably the biggest search engine, but I'm not sure if you've done this, Josh, but I've also set my business up in the past, especially when I'm like looking for local clientele on Bing as well. Do mm-hmm. you do that? Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I mean, Google's still the, the big dog out there, but Bing is your default search engine if you have Windows. And a lot of people take it from me, the IT guy who helps old people with technology. A lot of people don't bother, know how to, or care about defaults versus other options. And so you have a lot of people that use Bing because they don't know there's any other way. Yeah, there you go. So if you're not on Bing, get on Bing. It's going to help a lot. Uh, If you're not on like um, Yelp, get on Yelp, especially if you're a local business. Um, I can Mm -hmm. say from experience that they do not transfer to different parts of the country well. So if you have... Uh, like a nationwide business, don't fucking Yelp. It's not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to move every two years because your husband's in the Air Force, don't fucking bother. Don't fucking bother. (laughs) It's not worth it. (laughs) Um, Although that's that's a good question. I'm being facetious. Was it worth it? Because you did rebuild Yelp every two years for a while. I did. Um, Actually, so from Las Vegas to New Mexico, for whatever region, that, that region transferred very, very well. And I had so many good reviews on there. So actually going from Vegas to New Mexico, like the review quality was awesome, but I lost all of those reviews and then it looked like my business was closed there and then I like had to reopen it when I moved. So it Mm. was, I don't know, it was kind of shitty to be completely honest because it looked like Wellness Cucina closed, Yeah, but it was still open. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, again, if you're, if you're a brick and mortar in one location, it's perfect. If you, if you move around, it's not worth it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That. So, so we got all these search engines, Yelp, Google, Bing, et cetera. Yeah. Yahoo even, <laughs> um, people still use it, right? I think so. Uh, what else we, what else we got at the top of the funnel, Jill? We have social media marketing. So that's using Facebook, whether you're using ads or not using Facebook, using Instagram, using Pinterest, even Pinterest kind of falls in the in-between though, between like uh, a search engine and social media. So that's a really fun one that maybe we can dive into a little bit deeper uh, in a later episode, but that's something that you can utilize kind of for like the long-term game, but Mm. basically just showing people that you exist and it doesn't need to be an everyday thing if that doesn't fit into your schedule. But I know you've probably heard this a million times, but repetition, 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 (laughs) do it in a way that feels good to you and in a way that you can show up on a regular basis. And even if that's not every day. Just doing it in a way that you can show up regularly and put that into your routine is really, really important when it comes to social media marketing, whether you're putting the money behind it or not. And then referrals. Referrals is a great way to not have to like redo the horse or like reinvent the wheel every time, right? Redo the horse. I don't know. Redo the horse. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a saying. <laughs> oh my it god. It is now. <laughs> Excellent. Coined by me. Hell yeah. Um so referrals. This is a great way to like use people who love you to tell other people that they love you. I mean, honestly, that's the way when I move to a new city, like that is the way that I get people 
to like to come to me, especially as a personal chef. Like that's an easy sell, right? Like someone tries your food, they're like, yo, this girl knows what's up. And then the next person like, yo, this girl knows what's up. And that's <laughs> that's really the way that referrals can build, uh, especially if you have something that's tangible locally. Um, even if not, even if you're doing something online, referrals and someone like vouching for you is is just, I mean, I feel like that speaks volumes. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's... You, you transfer the trust from the person who's uh, telling your your prospect about you, right? They know and like and trust that person. And if you say, I know and like and trust Shell, she's a great personal chef, then you transfer that trust. So so you really, you know, light speed track the the relationship building with that with that lead compared to any other top of the funnel marketing kind of idea. So it, it, I mean it's exactly how I built my IT business was yeah. through referrals straight yeah. up from the beginning. And, and then, it's a great way to do it when you don't have any money for ads or anything like that. <laughs> honestly, though, I think the referrals and then actually the next point, the face-to-face marketing aspect of it, like mm-hmm. people do business with people, right? Like yeah. there's so many, I'm sure there's like 50 probably plus IT people in New Mexico, but not only do you have the testimonials to back you up, but you also, I mean, like when people see you face-to-face, it just makes such a difference um, and I think we've kind of lost that, especially this last year, like through the pandemic, right? Like, yeah, you see people on Zoom, you see people virtually. That's that's one completely different thing from like seeing people in person one-to-one and like really vibing with them. There's something to say about that. Whether you have an online business or not, you can still like meet with people, take the time to like have that conversation with them because that is that for some is really going to seal the deal and kind of like put you over the top on that, like, I don't know, that like little crescendo over and just Mm -hmm. making them feel special with that one-to-one FaceTime can, can be really imperative as well. So get your face out there, get known. And that's really the top of the funnel, just awareness of who you are, of who you're, what your brand is, what you're selling. Um, and, and really just humanizing it. Yeah. So if somebody wants, you know, a personal chef, um, but they don't know, they don't know one, right? Um, you're trying to get that person <laughs> to find out about you through these different ways. Um, and and that's the top of the funnel. So we'll move on to the middle of the funnel. This is often referred to as the consideration portion of the funnel. This is where somebody knows about you and they're thinking about it. They're thinking about whether they themselves are the type of person that hires a personal chef or a a personal trainer or buys a cupcake or, you know, whatever. (laughs) They're literally thinking about, am I this type of person, A, and are you the type of person that I jive with, that can get me to my goals, that makes the best cupcake, whatever, you know? um, And so in this part of the funnel, this is probably the longest portion of the funnel. This is just building trust and building relationships. So now you have a lead because you have someone who's shown interest. Um, whether they got to you through any of those top of the top of the funnel aspects that we mentioned earlier, like search engines or social media or referrals or face-to-face marketing, um, any of those, if they've shown any interest at all, boom, they're in the middle of your funnel and your job is to deliver value and build that relationship. Um, 
don't just ask for the sale right away. Asking for the sale is is a fearful part. So a lot of people don't ask for the sale right away. And that's uh, maybe a problem later. <laughs> but um, some people get really, really excited that, you know, someone is on their website or, or someone gave them a call and goes, oh, buy my thing. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. work. Um, that's where you get, you know, you hear people about, you can kind of smell the desperation on salespeople. Um, that's where it is. Like, it's not necessarily even desperation. It's just nervousness or not understanding the sales process. You've got to make sure that as a salesperson, you've got to make sure that you develop a relationship with them. You show that you know what you're doing. You build authority. Uh, you demonstrate your value. And you're also pre-qualifying them because, you know, this is where salespeople get a bad rap is where they try to sell something to somebody who doesn't want it and they try to convince them they need it. Um, no, a good salesman is going, no, you're not a good client for this. You don't want this at all. That's a good salesman. Yeah. You know? Cause, cause you're looking for the people who definitely, definitely, definitely want your service or your product. Um, and you're just explaining to them what it is, how it betters their lives, how it achieves their goals. Right. So you can do this a number of different ways. You can do an email nurturing campaign. Um, so if you if you do something in the top of the funnel where you acquire email addresses, this is where a lot of people give away, you know, free courses or free PDFs online to acquire your email address. Then you get on an email nurturing campaign and all that's designed to do is just show your value. You can do this by just, you know, sharing knowledge about whatever whatever it is that you're an authority on. You can give away more information or more goodies. Um you can give like a masterclass away. You can give a short coaching session away. Like depends on the nature of your business. You can give one free cupcake if you stop by on Monday, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm trying to think about it from different online versus offline businesses, but um, you get the idea. A popular uh, item for middle of the funnel building relationships is having a Facebook group. Challenge there is making sure you take care of it that it's very active, that you're very present in it, showing up, delivering value all the time. Because yeah, if you can make sure that you stir the pot and you get people talking often, the members will help each other, which is great, but you want to keep showing up and keep being the person of authority. Um, and then of course, just in general, back to social media, if nothing else, make sure that your social media is active. Like if they go to your Facebook page, your Instagram page, um, do they get more value? Do they get more like good information? Um, and if you get like a new follower on Instagram or something, you can just DM them, just say, Hey, you know, that's a great way to start developing the relationship. Some people won't respond. Some people will just be like, Oh my God, this, the head of this company just like messaged me. Like I did that very recently when I got that marketing book a few weeks ago. Um, and it was like free, just pay shipping. One yeah. of those deals. And he messaged me on Facebook <laughs> like, hey, man, I just finished your book. It was great. You know, and that like I feel as a customer, a prospective customer of his, I feel um, a connection to him just because we had a like five message back and forth. Like, oh, that's a real person as opposed to like, eh, it's this company with this website and this funnel, you know, yeah. um, any way you can show up and be a real person, the better. Dude, I think that's what this kind of breaks down to. Whether you have a brick and mortar or you have an online business, just be a human, man. Just be a real freaking human. And, be a human. <laughs> and show people that. 
like, I think sometimes we're like nervous to be ourselves, whether it be online or like in a brick and mortar, but the more you're yourself, the more genuine you can be, that's only going to benefit you. So there's one more thing that I wanted to mention, like, especially as far as like a brick and mortar goes, when I would go in, especially in New Mexico, like to get my engagement ring cleaned and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like how much? They'd be like, no, 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 it's free. And I think that like in my mind, like I would go back to that place because they were like, no, no, no. Like, it's cool. Like it takes me two seconds to clean your ring. Like, don't even worry about it. Or Mm -hmm. even here, like, well, not here in Croatia, but in Germany, um, like I, one of the screws like fell out of my sunglasses and I was like, oh my God, can you fix these? And they did it without charge, which is super Mm -hmm. cool. So it's small things like that that kind of gain the trust of your customers, whether or not they like saw your funnel initially. Um, But like, I already have like trust gained with those people who have done that for me. So I would go back to those places. So that's something to consider. Um, Even if it's just like value added in a DM, be like, Hey, like you're struggling with this. Cool. Like give them like two or three pieces of advice and like a blog post that you wrote. And that is that's a ton of value. It may not seem like a lot, but just by doing that, they're probably going to trust you a ton more. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, you know, you are, you did see their funnel in a different way, right? Maybe um, whether you were walking down the street because you needed your glasses fixed and you saw a sign or you did a search for them online, either way, that was the awareness portion. You yeah. knew, you knew you had a problem and you needed someone to solve it. Um, so you were in their funnel and, and yeah, it's like, could they make a quick buck on that? Sure. Or could they like acquire a customer for life, you know, or as long as you'd be in Germany, but like yeah. in general, they're not thinking about that necessarily, but just like, yeah, I, I do it all the time with computers. Somebody comes in, somebody came in recently and they, um, they could not connect to Wi-Fi anywhere, no matter what on their laptop, they couldn't figure it out. And it was an older laptop that had one of those buttons on the side that turned Wi-Fi on and off. Mm. And they didn't know that. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I flipped the button and turned it on. I'm like, there you go. That's your problem. And uh, I wouldn't expect at all to charge for that. Um, yeah. You know, just somebody walked in off the street. Well, now they know me. Now they know where I am. You know, but they were like, no, you should really charge me for this. Like, absolutely not. Like, it took me two seconds and you're welcome. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so, and that's the kind of thing is just having a long-term view. So, because I want them to come in later when they need to buy a new laptop or when they need a new hard drive replaced. Because that's a, you know, for for my portion of that, that's maybe a hundred dollar proposition, versus charging them what ten bucks for this and then they don't have they don't feel any connection with me whatsoever. Just a guy who could fix the thing the one time and they don't remember where he is or what or what his name was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anything you can do to build that relationship. So once that relationship's built. Uh, once the, and this is just going to depend how long this takes on the customer or the client, um, and their process, their decision-making every human's different, you know, and, and also like how you connected with them, how they liked that. Did you connect with them, uh, right before lunch and they were kind of hangry. So it was like a weaker connection than right after lunch when they were satisfied and happy, you know, like, like there's just so many variables to this. So we have no idea how long the middle of the funnel takes is my point, but eventually we get to the bottom of the funnel where the client is curious and ready to buy. So this is the conversion. This is when they go from, eh, you look 
pretty cool to, yeah, let's do this. And like Josh said, it can take a while, but this is like the quote, the quote unquote closed part of the sale. So this is where you have calls to action. If you are a digital marketing or like if you're completely online or even if you're like half online, these are your calls to action. And what's really important is to not be afraid to ask for these sales, right? Like no one's going to know that we're selling anything if we don't ask, if we don't inform, if we're not repetitive. And if you're not sure why you should be repetitive, go back and check that episode out. It is imperative. Um, But really those calls to action, like if you have a brick and mortar, you're like, buy this cupcake for, buy the best cupcake ever for $3.99, world's most expensive cupcake. Or um, (laughs) if you have an online business, you're like, hey, like your computer is really messed up. You need this new computer right now. But finding that, um, that pain point, I know everyone talks about pain points as well, but this is really the part of the funnel where you are defining your niche and the niche is that middle part of like who you should really be talking to. Um, you defining what they need and speaking to them, really getting in their head and, and their situation that they're experiencing, breaking it down and being like, Hey, this is going to make your life better. This is why. And if we vibe, let's do this. Um, sometimes the vibe doesn't need to be super extended because it's a very like quick transaction. Sometimes the vibe is like, should be really strong because you're working with them for a more extended period of time. But that's, that's kind of what this end part breaks down to. You need a call to action, whether that be like on your stories, on Instagram, on, um, a post, um, even on like a Google ad or even, even breaking it down as finite, not as finite, but like down to SEO. Josh, I know you did this recently. Um, you changed the description on a couple of your pages so that rather than having like, I'm your uh, computer fix it guy. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you find JBit on Google, um, you know, there's the there's the title that you click on for any page. So it would be JBit Tech Computer Repair Albuquerque, I think, or something like that. And then the the little blurb underneath it is what we call the metadata. And I recently just learned about it and went, hell yeah, and changed it. Um, the metadata used to say, like, your friendly neighborhood IT guy, which is somewhat descriptive. It's not a bad metadata. But you know what's way better is I fix broken computers. Call us today. Here's the number. So you see it. You don't even have to click on my web page to call me because there's the number right there. And then to build authority, it says voted in the top five computer repair stores in Albuquerque the last two years in a row. So like in, in a very short, cause you don't have many characters to work with here in a very short uh, box. I, I told them what I did, how they could call me call to action and built authority kind of built a relationship uh, in a, in a very truncated amount of space. But all those three things were thought about in that description. Yeah. So that is a really impactful call to action and you're kind of skipping all three steps there, right? Because like they're seeing you potentially for the first time. You are building that authority, which is usually happening, like that trust factor is usually happening in like the second step of the funnel. And then mm-hmm. you're also piling in a call to action there. So think about this, guys. Like if you can do that in any way within your funnel or within anywhere someone can see you, 
your business and what you do, that can be really impactful. That can turn from eh, my friendly neighborhood IT guy, maybe he's cool. I don't really know anything about him to, oh shit, like he was voted top five in Albuquerque. Yes, let's do that. I trust him. So think about that when you are putting your information out there, whether it be in a pamphlet form, virtually, or even on like a street sign that someone's passing. Consider that. Yeah. Always have the call to action because it's less about asking them to buy over and over again. I mean, it is kind of what you're doing, but it's more about them knowing how to take the next step when they're ready. Right. And if you're doing this right, the bottom of the funnel is the call to action. Asking people for business is not scary because you've built a relationship and you know when they're ready or they just straight up tell you, yeah. you know, they're like, let's do this or how do I do the next step or whatever. Um, and, you know, it's it's not unlike like romantic relationships. This is asking somebody to marry you. You know, if you're doing this wrong, that's scary because you don't know what the answer is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing this right, you know what the answer is going to be. We're going to do this, right? We're going to have the proposal. If you ask somebody to marry you, the day you met, i.e. the top of the funnel, they should be running for the hills. So, <laughs> you know, just think about it that way. It's not like, oh, my God, I hope they buy my thing. It's like you'll just know when the time is right or they'll straight up ask you if you've built the relationship well enough. Totally. All right, Josh, what are your, for your multiple businesses, what do your funnel funnels look like? <laughs> yeah, so – I've, I've got a few different businesses, so I thought I would just run down, because they're all different. Yeah. Right? I, thought I, I thought I would run down a few different funnels I've built. So for JBit Tech, the, the company that makes me money right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the IT company, it is, I started with referrals. So it was uh, asking my friends and family if they needed any help, please call me, but also just let their friends and family know um, that if uh, they need any computer help, I'm the guy, right? Um, and that that worked out pretty darn well. I built that up slowly. Uh, you introduced me to a referral networking group, BNI, which we talk about often. Um, and that really just hypertracked my referral income there because um, everyone in, the, in those groups is motivated to give you referrals and I'm motivated to give them referrals. So it's a great win-win situation all around. And then recently, as you might've heard on Casual Fridays, I've been doing search engine marketing um, both optimization and starting ads and whatnot to increase the scope of the top of my funnel. But Mm -hmm. really until very recently for the last six years, it's just been referrals, um, which has worked out great. It's a slow build, but it it works out great. Um, The middle of my funnel for JBIT has been an email nurture list, which honestly I haven't done in a while and I need to get back to it because I've noticed when I do just just a monthly email, like here's some tips and tricks, you know, whatever. I get more calls. It's just, it's not very scientific. I can't track it, track it. But like, I tell you what, when I do it, I get more calls um, from from existing clients, which are generally on my email list. Um, And then, as I mentioned before, I do like free advice or or fix tiny issues, totally free. I don't don't charge to flip the Wi-Fi button. Um, I just consider that building relationship, building authority. Um, and then asking for the sale, you know, after I educate somebody on, on what their options are, like, okay, you could, you could fix this. You could 
get a new computer. You could just live with it. You could, you know, da 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 da. Yeah. Then I go, cool. Here's the price of the fix. This is what I would recommend. That's asking for the sale in person, right? Yeah. Um. So like, you need a new hard drive. I would just get a new hard drive versus an old, an, versus an all new computer. Here's the price. I would just go with this. What do you think? And let them say yes or no. If they say no, that's fine. Um, but most people say yes, because by then I've built up a relationship. Um, and if there's enough of a relationship built, then I might also talk about add-ons like backups or antivirus or stuff like that. I mean, if there's a need, I'll definitely bring up those things. But I don't like to just hammer on and be the used sales guy you, and be the used car sales guy. You know? For sure. <laughs> so. So if, if I barely know them, then unless I hear them talk about it, I don't I don't ask for that sale because I don't know if they're going to say yes. But if I built that relationship, I'm like, you haven't talked about backups. Tell me about backups. I'm like, yeah, I know I should and I'm not doing it. Then I know they're going to say yes because yeah. we've built a relationship and I've got a solution for that. You know. So at my new uh, digital marketing company that I'm building now, as we've talked about on um, on Casual Fridays, uh, it's referral based for now. Um, eventually I'll be doing some, eventually I'll be building a website for it. I'm, <laughs> I am building this plane while it's taken off, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, and as such, once I have a website, I'll be doing some search engine marketing, some social ads, et cetera, eventually. Um, and that'll be the top of my funnel, I'll be doing all of those things. But for right now, it's just referrals and we're getting some hits. We're getting some people right now in the middle of my funnel where the middle of my funnel, I offer a free 30 minute website audit. So that's where I can sit down with them, tell them what I think about their website. They do not have to hire me uh, to do any changes on the website. If, if they can do it themselves, or if they've got a website person, they can just take my knowledge and go run with it. But most people won't, right? Most people just, that'll be considered building the relationship, building my authority, whether they buy now or they buy in two years when they're sick of their current, like, website person yeah. <laughs> so, um, just building that relationship. And then eventually uh, after that, based on that conversation, I get a lot of value myself out of that because I learn where they are, what their current processes are, who's in charge of their website, et cetera. And then I can just send them a full blown marketing proposal based on what they said their needs were. Again, this isn't just a blanket thing. I'm not just saying, will you marry me uh, for all of these different like, will you wear me in this outfit or this outfit? Or this outfit? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but <laughs> but like, I'm I'm sending them a proposal based on what they said their needs were, which makes me all the more confident that they should probably say yes, as opposed to just like, here's everything we do. You you should do it all. No, it's like you said you just wanted your website rebuilt and absolutely nothing else. Great. Then I'm not going to waste my time or yours talking about Facebook ads. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then we can build this relationship. And then later, maybe you go, do you do Facebook ads? And I go, of course I do. Here, let me give you a proposal about that. Right. And then uh, with the podcast startup courses, Unstuckers may have heard last year, my funnel uh, boiled down was um, I did social media ads. I gave away a free PDF podcasting checklist in exchange for their email. Um, and then I emailed them a nurture sequence that gave lots more information than they were expecting, more than just the PDF. And uh, then I did an email campaign at launch of the course asking for the sale. Simple as that. Funnels are not 
complicated. It's just harder to find the exact thing that works, right? So you got to experiment. Chell, you've had both an in-person and an online business. What have your funnels been like? Yes. We'll get to the experimentation momentarily, but <laughs> Wellness Cucina in person was mostly personal chefing, I would say for like the latter half of it. Um, and then I did also have like dietitian clients where I was consulting and counseling uh, along the way as well. So a lot of those were from not only BNI, but also practitioners. So other people in like the wellness sphere, the wellness sphere, um, sending clients my way because of like blood testing, um, like nutrition requirements, things of that nature. So like you said, Josh, a lot of referrals and that was amazing. So guys, if you can really get those referrals, it makes such a difference. Then I would, I would lead into like a 15 to 30 minute chat, totally complimentary just to get an idea of like what their needs were, whether if it was like wellness related or like family related or like cooking related, something along those lines. And then I would ask for the sale, usually like within that 15 to 30 minute time span, um, especially if it was for a, a dietitian consultation client, it would be on the call, like ask for the sale. Um, if it was mm-hmm. personal chefing, sometimes just because, I mean, you don't really know people's taste buds uh, or like their style of eating. Sometimes I would do like a test cooking session. I would still charge them for it, but rather than having them sign the contract, um, I would just do like a one-off, like, hey, I'll come in, I'll cook. If you dig it, we can continue it. You can sign the contract. If not, it's fine. Like, we can go our separate ways. Yeah, that's something we haven't talked about yet, but that's kind of a uh, your lowest cost of entry, right? Yeah. Trying to sell the one cheap thing. It's it's sometimes a free trial, but sometimes it's just a cheap trial, um, which gets people to try and and feel, like, confident in what, what they're buying and confident in you. Yeah. So that worked really well for personal chefing, um, but I think the biggest like benefit or like the biggest part of that funnel was by far referrals, like one-to-one referrals from people who had tried the food or people who had experienced and worked with me before. Um, online, this is where experimentation has really come into play. Guys, online is a completely different beast. If you haven't heard it on Casual Friday yet, I'm going to tell you right here, it is a completely different beast. Um so over the past year and a half, maybe, I've tried a recorded masterclass that I would send people to, um, an ebook, a quiz, um, low entry offers like Patreon, a lot of different things. Um, and those are just to get people on an email list. So, and then obviously nurturing the email list. I probably, like you said, Josh, I probably don't do as well as I should with that. Um, but really guys, like, nurturing that email list because you own quote unquote own those emails it's going to be better for the long term so like for example if instagram were to just like completely go offline tomorrow and you have hundreds of thousands of followers they're no longer existing you can no longer sell to them because instagram no longer exists but if you have those people on an email list you at least like have access to that so something to consider Mm -hmm. there and it's a one to many uh, building of a relationship. So exactly. it takes you just as much effort, whether you're sending it to one person or to a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Um, and then all of them will be on their own schedule in the middle of that funnel before they're either ready to buy or they decide it's not for them. And it takes the same amount of effort for you either way. So nurturing that, which we both need to get better at is, <laughs> is fantastic because it, 
it it it's making the funnel lead to the bottom of the funnel right more exactly. consistently than than it does if you are like me and chill and you're somewhat forgetful about that part yeah <laughs> i would say though my i would say my best and biggest funnel virtually is by far instagram so mm-hmm. that's showing up that's posting that's doing reels um kind of all of that but in addition to like what josh mentioned in in the second aspect of this is reaching out so like when people do follow you follow up with them with a dm be like hey like thank you so much for the follow compliment something on their page and then really engage with them ask them a question like like what's the biggest struggle like in the kitchen right now and then hopefully allowing them to answer uh with that or like pose another question because you want to keep that line of communication open and it's once you can like open that line of communication I'm not going to say it's like an easy sale from there, but then at least they can trust you and they've had that conversation with you. Um, and then at least in that funnel for me, asking for a CTA, I would say on like every other post, um, at least daily on stories uh, and then reels, you don't really ask for a CTA, but asking in all of those different ways can be really impactful for, for the long term of it. And that's, yep. that I would say that's probably my best funnel at this point. Yeah. And online, I think you just have to keep reminding them what the CTA is, how they progress to the next step. Um, It's not as, I know it feels like when you're online, like that you're, it's as if you were standing in front of the person going buy my shit, but, and then like two seconds later, you're like buy my shit. And then two seconds later, you're like buy my shit, but it's, it's not (laughs) online. It's like, it's like, yeah, I see how to do that. Cool. Next. Uh, yeah, I see how to do that. Cool. Next, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it's a much more passive ask, even yeah. though it, even though it, it is direct. Um, so don't be afraid. Like when we're, when I'm building websites, um, as I've learned from marketing gurus and stuff that, that like, you know, sign up now, buy this course, buy the book, whatever button isn't just once. It's not, it's not just once at the top of the page or at the bottom of the page. Oh, no. It is like five, six times throughout because you never know where that person is in their journey and when they're ready to buy. So when they're scrolling and they go, yep, this is for me, you want a button to be nearby so they click on it, whether it be on your Facebook or your Instagram or your website. Exactly. Cool. With that, that is funnels. I hope we cleared it up as opposed to muddied it up. That's always our goal here is to do more clear than muddy. But, you know, sometimes we get off the rails. But I think this was pretty organized, Chell. I think we did a good job. We fucking killed it, dude. The Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by Chell's Save Time in the Cucina mini course. Experiencing decision fatigue, feeling uninspired to cook, resorting to pre-made meals and ordering in more than you'd like. Check out my Save Time in the Cucina mini course to learn time-saving cooking skills so that even on busy weeknights, you can get a meal on the table in 30 minutes or less. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more. The Unstuck Institute podcast is also brought to you by our awesome new life book. Want to get a handle on your life and where you're going? Lack of productivity keeping you down? Download our free workbook to get clear on where you want to go in life. And use the Lifebook system to keep yourself on track and be more productive in your life. Download the Unstuck Institute Lifebook today at www.unstuck.institute slash lifebook. Remember, it's free. It's time for a recap.
One, be a real human and add that personal touch. Two, experiment over and over again until successful. Three, you'll know when the time is right to ask for the sale. And that's a wrap on episode 160. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. And remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. Go back to episodes one, two, and three to learn more about the Unstuck Institute, Josh, and myself. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, please leave us a review. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show a ton. Leave us a five-star written review, and you'll be entered in a drawing to an a 30-minute brainstorming coaching session with Josh and myself. For instructions on how to leave a review, check out our website, unstuck.institute. And we'll talk to you next week when we'll be talking about why you should just be you. Funnels aren't easy to build, but they are simple to build. And you only have to build one successful one to be able to change your life. Rory Vaden. Check, check, one, two. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, 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 hello.